You're listening to a DM podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you the podcast with the best banter, greatest gut feels, and most ridiculous narratives on planet Earth. Get ready to dominate the NRL fantasy season with the team from Top King League. G'day guys, welcome to Talking League. I'm your host TK and today we're going to review the second week of the NRL trials. Andy, how good to have the footy back and have the good players back, man? Yeah, it's a better sort of outfit, this this sort of uh, trial game. Um, definitely more more quality ball and quality players. <laughs> Still a few teams sort of decided to go, what, 20 minutes and then take everyone off? So, yeah. No, but it was good. It's hard to figure fantasy team off 20 points before we rip in. A lot of players to look at. Yeah, for sure. Before we rip into the... The actual games. Thanks to everyone that leaves Spotify review and Apple review. So all you got to do is just click on the Spotify page. You're actually listening to it now. I know a lot of people listen on Spotify. So you can just leave a quick review on that one. If you haven't yet, please follow us on Talking League Pod on Facebook. We'll be having some live Q&As throughout the season and probably before the season as well. So jump on that, not to miss a thing. Talking League Cup, that's out now. So join now. It's free. And the fantasy winner will get a ring awarded courtesy of the Supercoach Champions. League codes in the episode notes. But Andy, let's rip in. Friday nights, the Tigers 16, the Roosters 8. The Roosters were leading at halftime, though. What's your thoughts, especially on the Tigers, my man? Yeah, so look, it's a very slippery um, game. They're pissing down, so it's a bit hard to sort of for the quality ball, but still, some players still outshine. Um, I thought Big Steph had a, had a cracking game, uh, especially in the, in the um, conditions. He played pretty well, uh, running hard in attack. Few drop ball early, but he might have played himself back into Corby's heart. You never know. <laughs> Are you picking <laughs> he, him, but Andy? Did sort of say that first trial was off him. Ah, uh, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's for me. It's between a three-way battle between Welch, Paulo, or Steph. But I think I'm going Ooh. towards Paulo. We'll touch a little bit later. I've got actually. I had Paulo in my mind, and now Kurt Mann has just jumped him. But we'll talk about that in the Newcastle game. The next guy I wanted to speak to you about. Oh, sorry. Had why don't we go through your thoughts on the Roosters, and then we'll go play a, a few players. Well, did you want to sort of go through like I'll, a I'll, what I'll do? Tigers. Or I'll, I'll smash some players at you. I just wanted to get your general thoughts on how you thought the Roosters went as a team. Yeah. Oh, look, they played well. Um, I think natu- naturally conditions again. Um, Radley hitting his straps again with that line run running. Jeez, he's a good. He's a solid unit. Honestly, he's like he's just doubled in size from last year. But overall, they looked good. I think if when Kiri comes back and Crichton comes back, I think did Teddy Teddy didn't play, so like mate, they lost. They didn't have too many stars. So when they come back, they'll be red hot. Mm. And then on the Tigers side, mate, just an overall picture. Tigers look good. Like it, it took them for a while to sort of um, get an attack. Brooks was in everything. Did you actually think they played um, good? Hastings? Sort of had. Uh, <laughs> I actually, did you say? Did you say that you thought they played good? I actually thought they were horrendous. I think they played good in patches. Like c- considering they're versing the Roosters, who actually were a, a decent side, uh, they, they show promise. I feel like um, naturally Brooks is running around; they're trying to get involved. Um, Hastings didn't play that well at the start, but mm. I, I shown I seen that there was promise to be better than last year. Like so, there's there's signs there. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned, mate. They had, Roosters had seven. Just it remember, Roosters had seven well. starters out, and they led at half time. That was my biggest concern. And the Tigers literally only had Dewey out, and they had a couple of guys rotating back to the bench. I'm, I'm really concerned, and I don't think we'll go for a player for a player. It's probably easier to do. But why don't we start with the Tigers while we're there? No Faluma thoughts. Um, doing all the dirty plays, so he, he was looking damaging um, coming back from his own end. So didn't do too much an attack. Um, but naturally, maybe they just didn't have the, the chance to throw it to him. But yeah, I still think he's too pricey. Um, mm. Risky play, but look. He's got that mid-range. It depends yeah. if you want to sort of take that chance as a, as a pod. Big time. Oliver, <clears throat> Oliver Gildard, any? Uh, who else we got? Look, show promise. Um, he, he's not, he hasn't really played himself into my team, but it's not much you can do on the, at the Tigers, I guess. But um, yeah, show promise. That's, yeah. that's all I can say. Let's look at the halves. Jackson Hastings, Luke Brooks. Yeah, so Brooks was good. Um Sort of whizzing everything. Uh, I think it led to his to the first try, a couple of good runs. But um, yeah, I think he, he might be a good little pickup this year for draft. Um, classic, not too sure. You, we sort of don't. You don't want. You're going to have like a, a dominant half or a, a cheap half, so you can't really get those mids like Brooks. Yeah. But um, Hastings was slow start, but I feel like maybe he sort of came to to his own towards the end of the game. Mm. Um, second half, he sort of. It's like he just found his feet a little bit. You're, first, you're year, creating first a narrative. Playing Super League. You're, you're creating a narrative because you picked him up in drafts. <laughs> no, no. Look, to be to be fair, man, they looked they looked good with him. I feel like he had a bit of more bit more direction. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I'm still not going to pick him up for 450k. But look, and he did goal kick. Yeah, he did. So that's okay. not a narrative. He did kick, and I guess coming back from injury as well, he's only going to get better and better. I just. Think job security wise, and the fact that we'll talk about this other guy on the other team, Sam Walker. But Stefano, so you are he's in your mix. But the two guys that really stood out again was the edges, he's, mate. The two are lucky, yeah. Two are lucky and Le oh, no, Lua. Sorry, he, he was good for Rocky, but Luciano Le Lua, oh my gosh, he he is he was a weapon, like yeah. he was in everything. Even chasing, like he's not a small boy, him chasing down that kick to put the try to put the ball down. That's good effort from the big fella. Yeah. I actually think um, over the two I, weeks... I, I sent a few people on Facebook saying that they're the starting edge. Yeah. Over the two weeks, I think Luciano Lalua has been the best player over the, the trial period for sure. So I was really, really happy with him. Peach didn't do too much. He had to come from the bench, so he didn't get the minutes that we needed for him, Andy. Yeah, unfortunately. He, he seemed to lift the tack, like, sort of like a Kurt Mann role at the Knights, but mm. um, was sort of losing those attacking plays because he's the link man instead of actually running the ball. Yeah. Let's look at the Roosters, guys. Probably the number one guy on the radar there. And he unfortunately got a HIA. It was Sam Walker. But before that, he was carving up there, Andy. Mate, he looks so good. He's a tough little bugger too. Like, he can take a hit. And then who was it? Someone, I think James Tamau sort of hit him and hit him high and he dropped to the ground. I'm like, oh, no, he's done. But he's got sprung back up. Like, so that's that youth on his side. Mate, I'm but just waiting. Good. I'm waiting for Penrith. He's gone better from last year too. I'm waiting for Penrith to rule out Cleary, say three or four weeks, and I would be all over Sam Walker. Sam Walker and Mitchell Moses, I think. Oh, you're talking back Moses. Mm. Jeez, I, I thought you were well off him last year. It was a couple, even this year, I, I ranked him top five halves, and look, he's coming back, eh? Nah, look at his draw, mate. I don't need him for the back end of the season. I need him for the start of the season, where he's just the flat track bully immortal. So I think he's, he's got some value. No, um, no Brown value. is dead. I Mate, I like Dylan Brown as well. But next guy, Paul Momorowski, he's played first half on the right and then switched over to the left edge as well. But he was pretty impressive, just really solid and got for his to work. Scored that first try as well there, Andy. 
yeah, he does look solid. I was hoping that he would get kicking. If he was kicking, that would be the all-time play in Momo in your team. But a few people probably pick him without the kicking. He's just consistent and gets his work done. Mm. I think he had like 23, minimum 23 tackles as a center. So naturally, the ball would have come to him on either side of the, the field because he swapped, but shows he's got the skill to play both sides. So, um, yeah, I was, I was a bit surprised that Kieran was kicking. You, you think that, uh, which, like, I don't know why you wouldn't sort of put someone who's playing through the season to give him a bit of um, you know, pressure, but you know what? I don't know. It's, I, it was just sort of. I actually think that Kieran's in the mix to start, mate. That's why he was kicking. I reckon they're going to play Momo on the wing. And then yeah. Joey Manu back in the centres eventually because I think they think they need a top-rate kicker that's playing there. And Kieran is a really, really good kicker. I reckon he'll start, man. Yeah, okay. Or a bit... bit uh, also, Swally's and back yet, so... No. Jeez, they've got depth. Yeah. Jeez, they've got depth for days, don't they? For quality too, mate. Probably the only one that really... Uh, Joey Manu, he's, you know, he played 5'8", though. He's not going to be playing there every single week, but... Sammy Verrills, Andy, he he caught both of our eyes. Yeah, look, he could be um he could be aiming a player and come back from pretty much out of nowhere. You've got your you've got your Harry Grant, you've got your Damian Cooks, and you've got maybe even Appy or something like that, or mm. um or Marnie. But he could be like a, a low level sort of risky play if you don't want to spend that much on your hookup. But um yeah, he looked good in attack, so he won't play the first game round because of suspension. So there's your sort of it, it might sort of t- throw people off picking him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it looked not too bad. See how he travels once you look on your black book. All right, let's move to Sunday because I know Bridget's given us a 10-minute time limit. We've pretty much hit it now, Andy. So before she blows up, we might as well just try and smash this one out. But plenty of the guns played in this one, mate, especially for the Storm. They rested a few. But then Cooper, Cooper Johns got injured earlier, which brought on Cameron Munster. And, mate, Cameron Munster right now, he's in scintillating oh forward, my, my man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> He, I, I think this is his team. Last year it was J- uh, Jerome Hughes's. This year it looks like Munster's just taking control. Whatever he's that booze ban is absolutely ridiculous. He's just confident. Even just that yeah. chal- that captain's challenge he, cl- he claimed. He 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 laid on the video. The ref goes, "If you don't get this challenge, you get sent off for intentional, <laughs> intentional holding up of the game." Oh mate, he's just sheer confidence and the, the flowing hair. He's got everything. Yeah, 45 in the 60 minutes he was out there, but he's just in everything. Yeah, I don't even think they scored him right. Hughes had a hurt handy 35. I thought Tyron Wishart went pretty good, Andy. He scored a try in 37. He's probably only going to be there for a week. That's the only issue, but we've got to keep him on the radar, right? 100%. How did Melbourne keep doing this and having nines just out of nowhere? He's like, oh, we lose we lose um, Cam Smith. Don't worry, we've got Harry Grant, one of the best hookers. They've got Tyron Wishart, who would be an up, up-and-coming starter in any other team. <laughs> like, exactly. It's just unfair. Big time. Mate, Josh he King probably... played really well. Josh like, King was, probably... The delivery out of his hand was awesome. Yep. Josh King probably didn't do enough. He scored a 27. Played a lot of big minutes, though. Probably didn't get... If for him to be in my team, he was going to have to hit a 50 today, and he just didn't do it, mate. Yeah, it was tough. He was, he was in that lock role. Um, you think, because that's up... Uh, grabs round one, um, he could have been there, but... Yeah, it was tough. Like I feel like he did, he did shine a little bit, but um, yeah, what twenty points or twenty three is not that good. Yeah, big time for his price. Coates, mate, is he a concern? Like he's probably out of my team now. He copped a HIA, only scored eight points, but it just does seem that he's going to have to score a lot of tries to be relevant this year. And I just think that with all the dual centre, at least the centres are accumulating tackles. Like, even if they score badly, they're probably going to score 20 just because of the defensive workload. Yep. It just seems with Coates, he 
if he has like a really quiet game, he might go under 10 a few times. And I just don't know if I can cop that at 3.30 when there's other kind of options around me. I think um, the biggest thing for him is Justin Olin is such a, not really, not, not really a ball hog, but he just ru- takes a line on so many times. Yep. He's going to starve coats of the ball as well. So I think I might have outplayed him from my team as well. Yeah, big time. Now, night side of the ball, we had plenty. Good. Like you said, you can spend that 3.30 elsewhere. Yeah, night side of the ball, we had plenty to look at there. Probably the first guy, he got about 50 minutes in. Randall got a you know a quiet 36. Didn't do too much on the field, but he, he got his tackles in. And if we can see a 36 from him every week, I think he's in the team, right? Mate? Yeah, like, it's just unsure because he's got Crossland in the second half play, play hooker. Mm. It's just unsure minutes. Like You don't know if you can trust him playing for the 80 or not. So like I said, it's three 350 for a hooker. He's going to make his average. So just depends on how much money he's going to make. Yeah. He's going to have 30% ownership anyway. So most of the of the fantasy crew will have him. Mate, imagine being a sucker that caught Snake Barnett in draft. Mate, he looks really underdone. And it wouldn't surprise me if he hits the bench for a long time. <laughs> he was playing prop though. So he was sort of playing out of position. Uh, but... Mm. When you're playing prop, you're just running the ball into the line, so it's not really the hardest job in the world. Just the bravest, I, I'd say. <laughs> he might not get his edge spot back. Um, Fitzgibbon played better he's today. Dual well, if he if he starts in, oh, I don't know if he'll start prop. Like, I just where's he going to start? Like, I think he's going to play off the bench. Yeah, I think so as well. It looks like they're pretty running Fitzgibbon on the edge. Mm. No, I think so. He's on the well. But let's talk about the main man, Kurt Mann, and he scored a 44. He probably played only 44 minutes. So he probably racked up a point a minute. He started slow, mm. but from about 15 minutes in, he really started racking up. He, again, was part of that nice structure with him splitting the halves again as a link man. But I liked his work as he progressed into this game, was doing his defense, but more and more runs and runs. So he's actually probably made my team now, Andy. You know what he reminded me of? Um, you know when McKinnis played lock two years ago, and he sort of he changed from that hooking role to the, to the lock role? Mm. And he sort of, that's what he reminds me of. He's got, he's got a straight, great defense because he can chop people down like no tomorrow, but he's just playing a bit more of a ball hand, sort of running the ball, the ball sort of role as well. Yeah. But it's like, it wasn't just tackling Locke. He was, he's a gun ball player too. Yeah. Unfortunately, Bradman Best copped another he's, injury. He's in my team for sure. Bradman Best copped another injury, which is unfortunate for him. Hopefully, he's not too bad. Clem actually knocked out a nice 43, but the guy that really stood out was Jake Clifford. Huge kick meters, running game, scored a nice oh try. Gosh. Wow. Uh, whoever has him in their draft team <laughs> should be happy. He was good, honestly. He's kicking everything. I didn't realize how big his boot is. That's amazing. But yeah, well, I think that he'd come off with like 15 minutes to go and he was on like 60 points or something like that, or 59 points. Yeah. He, he's looked good. Uh, and he's kicking, goal kicking as well. So. Yeah, well, good pickup, TK. Mate, Kalen Pong <laughs> is a bit of a concern now for fantasy owners. Thank God it's like still the preseason and you don't have to buy him. Like for people that's actually drafted him, I'll be nervous because he wasn't. He was involved last week without touching the ball too much. Again this week, he has he had a quite twenty three in sixty minutes. So at the moment, just doesn't seem to be working at the moment because of the the structure they're working with man in the half. So I'm I'm a little bit concerned, mate, especially for these these people that have probably drafted him quite high. Yeah, that that was me. I drafted him high. Well, maybe round three I got him, but that's still pretty high in my eyes. Um, just I don't know. Like he, he looked looked to be everywhere. Had a few good cutout passes, and I think maybe the scoring might not be right because he he saves tries as well. So I'd say it'd just be. Yeah, it's it's hard. You can't pick him in classic because he just it's just too risky. Yeah. Uh, but if you can pick him up late, you've still got draft time. 
maybe pick him up late because he's still only what's he, it's like 40, 48 average, I think it was. But yep. yeah, it's not good. The it goal doesn't look kicking, good. Goal kicking hurts him as well. Well, Andy, thank you for your thoughts tonight, mate, and we'll check you during the week. We've got our episode with Wacko Whispers. Bring in Shooter now. He covered the Charity Shield game on Saturday night. G'day, Shooter. How's it going, bro? Doing good, man. Good competitive game on Saturday night. Shoot, 16-10. The Dragons end up winning. What would you make of the Dragons' performance, man? I thought they were pretty good, eh? Ten years since they'd won it. Mm. Um, and I thought they were pretty dominant for quite big chunks of the game. Yeah, considering they Before- got smashed in last year's Charity Shield, it was, it was pretty pleasing. I know it's only a trial, but still, it means a lot to them. Yeah, probably no Latrell and players like that might have made a difference, but um, no, they they definitely looked the looked the right there. They might surprise a few people this year, Eric and the Dragons. Yeah, big time. Now Southside, you know they were missing two of the top twenty players in the game. You know Latrell sat, and then Cameron Murray sat. So, you know they've got plenty of firepower to come back in this one. Yep. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's look at fantasy-relevant players, man, because there was a few on our radar. Let's start with South. What do you make of Blake Taff? Uh, like he, he does the job well enough. He's, he's brave, but he's no Latrell, is he? He's, um, he's a bit small, and he's not fantasy-relevant after this week, so many, after next week. So many people with him in the team. It's just one of those things. Please avoid yeah. him, right? Yeah, unless um, Cody Walker or something gets injured and gets thrown in the halves or something, um, which... Then even then, I don't know if he'd be first choice. Um, I would avoid. Mate, speaking of Cody Walker, he was very good last night. Always wanting his hands on the ball. Just you can kind of tell that he knows his main man Adam Reynolds isn't there anymore. He wants. He just wants it a little bit more, right? Yeah, he he pops up all over the place, and a short kicking game is so good. I I noticed um like the kicking meters between him and Elias were um pretty similar, right? About one seventy mm. odd each. But Elias only had four kicks, so he did most of the long kicking. But um, Cody did did most of the short kicking, and it was um, pretty good. Eh? He popped up everywhere. Yeah, if no clear, man. He'll definitely be in my radar. But Elias, that man you just spoke about, handy first game. I think he's just what he's going to be, right? He's going to be that 30 yeah. to 35 guy, slow yeah. cash burn. He did a, a 20-40, so a reverse sort of kick. But yeah. he, did his, he did his thing. Defensively, he's pretty sound. He's just got to lock him in, right? Yeah, and like he runs into the line, like he was doing. You know how Reno used to run deep into that line, like a good halfback should. He, he was doing a lot of that. Yeah, I was pretty impressed with him. I think if he can stay fit and healthy, he might be a um, might be a gun in a couple of years. Yeah, what about Jackson Paulo? We're looking at him closely. He kind of failed the eye test, didn't he? Yeah, I'm I'm not overly keen on him at the moment. I was just looking at his run meters. I had some of the highest run meters um, in the in the team. In the backs last night, but um, he had about seventy meters. But um, he just—I don't know. Mate, could almost be also though. Like I few, I saw a few bad um plays from him, and then I thought his whole game was shit. But maybe he played better than I than I thought he did. I might have had like a um <laughs> unconscious bad bias against him or something. I don't know. But yeah, because he played left center first half, right wing second half, but. Even at halftime, he was on 20, and he had scored a try with two tackle breaks. So Yeah. So it's one of those things. He he needs tries to score, which I'm not too keen on. The other guy that's on the radar, Joy Arrow, he's probably going to get a duel if he does get that start on the edge, which he's expected. He played a lot of middle last night as well, but what did you make of him? I thought he was quite impressive. I would be almost pretty keen on him if if I had, like, issues getting mids. Um, 
he when he like ran into the middle, he was really aggressive and he, he's just that dry arrow, you know. He is a bit of a mongrel, which I like in my players. Yeah. Being from Taranaki. But um <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like I'm I'd be definitely keen on him. I picked him up in draft because I just wanted him wanted to see how he'd go. Yeah, I don't I don't mind it. At the moment I like Junior Paulo, but yeah, I've got no problems with anyone picking up Joy Arrow. Damien Cook, he, he got like a slow 45. Didn't really do too much. Didn't really get out of second gear. He's one of those guys that probably does need Cam Murray in the team as well for those quick play of the balls. But I think it's it's hard to judge. He played 70 minutes last night. I think it was more for him to get minutes under his belt, right? Yeah. He, um, he only ran for like 16 metres or something, eh? Yeah. So, um, like, it wasn't his normal, normal running game. But I, I did almost think that the... Um, South's forwards were dominated in quite long periods here as well, mm. um, which was surprising because they, they still had a pretty gun forward pack out there last night. Yeah, I'm still going to lock him in. Now, looking at Dragons, mate, plenty to like on this one. The guy that me and you were liking was Cody Ramsey, mate. He looks like he's put a little bit of beef on. He's got some really good game smarts in it. And that price of, what is it, 298, was it, Shooter? 297? Uh, 288. 288. It's one of yeah. those awkward prices, but if we're going to kind of get a little bit of versatility across our squad... You never know, mate. He's, he's in my mind. I'd, I'd at least consider him as an emergency backup eh, for wing fullback. He might make a, a tiny bit of cash, possibly even. Um, but, yeah, he, he's bulked up. And he that first, like, 20 minutes, it was all Cody Ramsey. He was in everything. Yeah, the guy putting on his chest too, Tyrell Sloan. Probably a little bit too expensive for round one, but we've got to keep our eye on him because if he falls in that kind of mid-400s, low-400s, I think he's going to be a good buy, man. Yeah, he d- he did everything as well. He was stepping players and throwing cutout passes and chip chip and chase. He was almost Billy Slater like <laughs> with that chip and chase. He was pretty good. I I quite enjoyed him. I'm I'm a bit gutted at his price. Or even if like last year when the cap was ten mil or whatever it was, you you would have almost got him, eh? But mate, the disappointing. Dra- the Dragons have the most explosive centre pairing in the competition. Zach Lomax and both, and Suli as well, some of those flick passes they were doing to their wingers and just the traffic that, you know, just the amount of people that took to take them both down. And very impressive. Lomax didn't have his kicking boots on last night. Struck him okay, but, mate, are we are we going to danger territory, even thinking about Moses Suli? I don't know. You never know with him. He's one of those Joey Leilua type players um, who can be brilliant one minute and then, you just want to bang your head against a brick wall the next. But he was certainly pretty good last night. It was left side, strong side for Dragons last night, I thought. Yeah. Like last year, he didn't even hit above 50 once. He, he, he's just like, when you think about it, he's strong. He can offload. Yep. He can break tackles. <laughs> just on kind of that, you would think he's actually a really relevant player, but he just never has had that work rate or consistency. He looks like he's leaned up a bit, though. He looks like he's dropped quite a bit of weight. Yeah. So I don't know. They could they could have a big impact. I'm not sure what its price is. I haven't looked too, too I think it's much. Three eighty eight by memory, something like that. So you'd probably avoid him at the moment, but he could be one to watch. You might even drop a bit of cash, and you could look at him later on if you needed to. But. Yeah, especially for maybe the draft players. The draft players can maybe take a bit of a punt on the you know the last player on the bench or something like that. Is he's at three ninety six, mate? So a little bit too expensive considering we've got Penasini, Tago. Barry, yeah. Barry, Crichton, and all those sort of guys. A little bit lower. The other guy I want to talk to you about, Junior Amone, Talatau Amone. Probably, he's playing a little bit too much second fiddle at the moment to Hunt, right? Like, last yeah. night, the kicking was about 80-20 in favour of, of Hunty. Yeah, that, that worries me a little bit. I've actually taken him out of my team at the moment. Um, 
as like he's got great footwork and his passing and he's pretty creative. Looks like a pretty creative player. But um, I don't know. He's big reps on um, old Jaden Sullivan as well. So does he have that spot locked up? I don't. I don't know. I, I haven't seen enough from him to to want to put him in my team right now. Yeah. Now, last guy we're going to talk about shoots is Jack Bird, and you were hitting the group chat pretty hard about this guy, mate. So t- talk to me. Oh, I've I've gone off from there. You guys are well, not you, <laughs> but, but Ed's probably talked me out of him a little bit. Um. Because uh, he's not going to be playing second row, probably. He's that's, probably going to go. Yeah, more. that's the thing, right? Yeah. We just he played it magnificently last night. But where does he line up in round one? Because Tarek Sim has to be in the team somewhere. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he's like you could almost play Tarek Sims as a thirteen, and he'd be awesome. But um, I'd say they'll probably put Jake Bird there for his ball playing. Yeah, and um, you'll get those probably Victor Radley type scores, I would think. Given given their body types. In, a, in attack, you can nearly run Bird in the middle and then in defence, flip him around, right? Yeah. He, he looks like he's um, put on some beef as well, eh? Yeah. Fat Bird. Mate, if we had, like, the old tackle breaks, he had, like, seven or eight tackle breaks last night. He he would have scored, yeah, those like, nearly runs, 60. Eh? Yeah, big time. Yeah. Big no, time. Yeah, he's a, such a gun player. So are you going to pick him up, your cat? No, oh, I've had him in my team pretty much the whole time, eh? But I, <laughs> I need to I need to free out some cash, and I think Ewan's gonna gonna score better. So nice one. Well, mate, appreciate the thoughts. We'll check in you with you on week one when we reveal teams, man. Awesome, man. All right, the guy the games that I covered, I covered the Saturday night Cowboys versus Broncos. Cowboys fourteen six at half time, twenty six six at full time. It was kind of if you didn't watch the game, you saw the scoreline. It probably doesn't reflect like the first half an hour was dominated by Brisbane, especially when they had the middle three of Kobe, Haas, and also Carrigan on the field. They really did make some big meters and quick play the balls. To the Cowboys' credit, what they've done really, really well is they compete every single play, and they don't get too flustered. So they're con- they just competing, completing sets, waiting for their opportunity. So hats off to them. But the Broncos, you'd have to think when they brought off the, those three three big players, and then also Katoni Stags at halftime. You know, they're looking at round one. But having a look across the game, I do expect Walters to probably get the number six jersey come round one. You think he started on the left where that's where he's going to line up because Reynolds is a right side player. Apparently there was an interview with Reynolds and he was rapping Kelly. So I guess it's really, really open at this stage. Walters didn't do anything wrong, but he didn't really step up and grab the jersey. Ezra Mam, he came on last 15 minutes, looked good again. And then we had Tyson Gamble, and he definitely he set up the first try for Jordan Ricky with a nice grub of it. Again, did he do enough to get into the team, played right edge for most of the game? Probably not. Corey Pakes, he disappointed me. He really had an opportunity given it was his third game to start. And he had 40 minutes, didn't really do too much. He had 20 tackles in that 40 minutes, which is pretty much all his points. Probably didn't warrant enough because he really needed to pick up his running game. Turpin played the second half. He played 40 minutes again. He didn't stand out too much either. So scratch those two. I really like Jordan Pereira. Even in a game that really didn't come out to him, he went looking for the ball. He scored like a mid-20s, which I think will kind of be his flaw, but you cannot realize Reynolds got to come back into that team. So would Tessie New as well. So I think they'll get a lot better on the attacking side. And I think him and Staggs as a combination will only get better and better. Really like that right side of Ricky Staggs and also Pereira. All right, Selwyn Cobbo. He, he started at fullback probably where he will start the season. Got caught out a few times in defence. He's only young. I think he was going to get better and better. He's got he's got some great skills on him. It just yeah, it's all about learning the game and at at that level too. 
Corey Oates, again, scratch him forever. Kurt Capewell, I think you can take him off your round one teams for the, the time being. I think he's going to take a little while just to work into the, the game. He's probably playing on the wrong edge. I'd probably go after him if he was playing on the right edge with the, the strong edge. On the left side, I don't know. There just seems, I guess, Waltz is more of a no-frill sort of 5'8", so it doesn't really give Capewell as great a ball playing. Just say if someone like South with with Cody Walker or Jerome Luai, what he's used to at Penrith. Now, looking at the Cowboys, we didn't get a last chance to see Jeremiah Nanai, which was disappointing. So I don't know if I can pick him. Like I've seen the stats from last year, but I really haven't done any eye test on him. So that's a golden rule for me. I've got to actually see them play. So for me, probably scratching him for round one, unless I, unless some of the other cheapies just get pulled and I can't field a team, was liking the look of Helium Lukey. Like, I don't think the fantasy points, the stats kings didn't really take because he was on about 35 at half time and then he ended up on 42. And he had about five tackle breaks and a couple offloads in that second half as well. So I don't think it was truly accurate what he did. Probably he was blowing hard. I don't know if he's going to be able to go 80, but I definitely think he can go 65, make a bit of an impact at that four, uh, 420, I think he is, or 440. So he's in my mind against. Uh, Bo Formur and also Eli Katoa. So one of probably two of those three need to come into my edges. There was one stage when Warren Smith was calling that Nano was playing, but it definitely wasn't. It was uh, Lumilu. So he unfortunately copped a HIA. Really liked the work of Chad Townsend, no doubt. His structured play is going to make a huge difference. Tommy Dearden. The thing is, he's just a young Chad, but he did really well. Held his own on on defense. Set up a really nice try. Val didn't have the best starts of the game, gave a few hospital balls, but definitely turned that around as things went on. He went off at halftime, Drinky replaced him, and then he was pretty creative. They even let him have a goal kick, set up a really nice try for Tulagi, and that was off a kick, but he does just have that X factor, I think. So I think he just compliments Chad, but in terms of fantasy relevance, I don't think he should go anywhere near either. The Hammer, he started a little bit l- slow. He came in and he scored a try on 20 minutes with a little bit of a grubber kick that went through just too fast for everyone at the end of the day. But pretty much he's an awkward price just to fit in the team at this stage. But keep a track on him. If you've got him in draft, I think you're going to have an absolute laugh. Ruben Cotter, you know, he's just an absolute machine. Did miss a few tackles, which was unusual. Played a lot of the game. His duel is nice. It's just where does he fit with Tamulala still to come into the team. I think with Kobe Heverington, 130K cheaper, I think he'll do better if you want one of the mid-hooker jewels. Really like the work of Valentine Holmes. I think if you've got him in draft especially, you're going to absolutely kill it with him. He played. He just had some really nice touches. Being a, He's got a really good footy IQ, so he knows how to hit a line. And yeah, there was some, some times when they turned him back underneath and he really caught... He caught... Jordan Ricky and the other right edge just a little bit coming in a little bit slow. So he's able to get through quite easily through there. So I really like his work on the left edge there as well. He had a great try for a – the thing is with him being a fullback, he's got great hands. So that try assist that he put on for Tuolagi, he looks – this is physically the best I've seen him look since coming back from America as well. So keep an eye on him, definitely for you draft players. The next game I covered was the first game on Saturday, the Penrith Panthers against Parramatta Eels. Look, it was pretty heavy in rain pre-game, but then it stopped. Parramatta were ultra-impressive, and you think Penrith fielded eight players that played in the grand final last year, so it's not like they put in a total team of duds, and Parramatta was still missing Sevo and also Nathan Brown, so it's not like they were missing anyone 
as well. So it's 36 nil in the end. You know, Cleary, Yo, Edwards, Martin, and Fisher Harris didn't play, but still, I think that could have been better than 36 nil. The big left edge still played. Look, Tago, I think he's still very, very raw. I wouldn't be doing anything but maybe a bench position. Like, I'm still tossing and turning whether to put him in the team. He's not a bad price, really, and he's got that jewel. But I just think if if he's on that boundary for you, I don't think he really... The only thing I like about it, he's going to be playing center. So he's going to be doing a lot of defense compared to... It's going to be either him or Coates. So we've got Coates, who needs to score a lot of tries. Tago is going to be playing outside in a, outside Luai in a very, very good Penrith team. So I'm weighing up between... Someone's going to take my last spot. It's just between those two at this stage. Maybe the duel might be the thing that takes me to Tago. But like I said, really poor miss on the first try on Gutherson. And just just had little poor errors just here and there. But he's still in my mind. Stephen Crichton played on the right edge. Didn't get much ball. Clearly didn't play, of course. And really, I think it's just one of those things. Just match the pack. 39% owner. You can get more of your pods elsewhere. First half, Appy got through... Lots of defense. You know, it just depends if Mitch Kenny's there on, on the benches round one. If he's not, then he could be in the mix as well because he'll be playing 80 minutes, and that's where you need Appy Coruscant to play. Jermaine Hopgood, just someone to be aware of. He's going he's gonna to get an opportunity at some stage. He's a good edge mid sort of player. He's only got an edge mid at the moment, but he did start in the front row, racked up heaps of tackles. Robert Jennings, just put a line through him. My man, man, Kyle, he was really big on him, but... Even Lomas has to admit he didn't really do himself too many favours. I think Charlie Staines will get that spot. Do not pick up any of them. Brian Toho, he couldn't really get into the game. I think with the tackle break stuff, tackle break rules going down, I think it's time to avoid him. Anyway, Jerome Lloyd looked like he wanted to go play video games or something. He was not there at all. Talon May made a really good break coming in for Brian Toho in the second half. And he just looks like he could be something if, if he gets an opportunity at some stage. Now, the notes of the Parramatta Eels, well put at Penasini. I just really like the way that their shape is at the moment. Gutherson plays both sides of the rock. You've got Dylan Brown, who's just ultra impressive. I think I'm going to write a narrative that he's going to be the 2022 version of Jerome Muse. I think being a Kiwi and just his, just his game going from strength to strength, I think we're going to need him at some stage. I don't think from round one, but they've got a pretty good draw to open the season, so I won't be hating if you do take him from round one. Sean Russell looked good. He scored the second try with a great finish. Price not bad at 260k for your emergency. The issue is you've really got to keep an eye on this Azarko rumors because they're getting stronger and stronger that he's coming over to Para. Now, I got a little bit of trouble for calling Mitch Moses a flat-track bully, but let's be honest. If you have a look at the stats, he's got an average of 60 against the bottom eight teams from last year and an average of 49 against the top eight teams. And he's never been to a prelim. So let's be honest, he's a flat-track bully through and through, but I love it because they've got a really good draw and he can just bully people. So if Cleary's out, he's in my thoughts, and I'm not joking about this. He played 60 minutes. Kicking game was superb, especially in those conditions. Some really good grubbers set up two tries via grubbers, and he's just his combination with Gutho and Brown. They just seem to know it. What I love about it is the Parramatta spine has played together with over what? This is now their fourth season together as a starting combination. So that is probably a big reason. I've got no hate on Reid too. If you've got no utility or hooker on the bench, Mate, I've got no no problem with you taking Reed Money. I think he's going to have another storming season. Sean Lane, he's playing great footy on the left edge. Not telling you to take him for round one. Just keep an eye on him. I think draft players will do really well. Ryan Madison, he's going to get that duel. Probably going to start at thirteen. The only issues for him is going to be where does Nathan Brown fit on his return, and then does he move over to the right edge, and then he's probably going to expose more with the threat of contact with more tackles and hit ups up the guts. So. 
He's probably, for me, I've got Haas and AFB starting at the moment, so he's probably a little bit behind that. But if he continues to have a bit of a cracking start to the season and they define where Nathan Brown actually does play, I don't think you can go too bad, especially that mid-600s price for Ryan Madison. Isaiah Papali, he really did a thing on the right edge. He was carving up in the first half. It was close to 40 points that he put on, and he was just doing his thing with his just work rate, tackle breaks, and also tackles. Just got great work rate. Again, it's going to be hard because they've just got so much talent. Are we taking the chance of spending that much money? And then Brad Arthur just does a bit of a flip on us. So that's my only concern with the Parramatta forwards. But Junior Paulo and RCG, I think there's a little bit... Just easier prediction for them. I think they'll probably both get 50, 55 minutes each. Paulo working at about a point per minute as well. So it is a stack of work in that first 25. Highly skilled. At the moment, it's a toss-up between him and Kurt Mann. I've got to watch Kurt Mann in the last game before I make a nine on him. But Paulo is in my thoughts at the moment. Friday night, I covered the Manly and Raiders game well, on Saturday. Unfortunately, I went out on the drink on Friday. So by the time I started writing this, I was a little bit hungover. So... Sorry for anyone who's reading my Facebook and all my little errors on there, but Manly dominated the first half 16-6. Full-time, the Raiders finished off 18-16 winners, but of course that means that a lot of the big guns were taken off for that second half. Manly copped an absolute injury barrage. Top Tapao, who was the first to come off with a lower back injury. They had Sipley come off with a knee injury. Dylan Walker, he also limped off. And we had Homole with a suspected fractured arm so I'm not too much I'm not too sure what's happening there NRL physio said it was a little bit hard to detect exactly what was happening he was thinking maybe it was his elbow again and if it was because he did it last year as well probably a three to four week injury which means he would probably miss rounds one and two but just waiting for a little bit more information but that's going to be a bit of an issue especially for Lorden you got Lorden and you also got Bullimore but I don't think you can take both I think Bullimore's down like upside sorry is the fact that he's a lot cheaper. So you're spending 80k less, and I think they've probably both got maybe three or four games tops in them. So in terms of money making, I think it's a it's just an easier break even, lower break even, and lower price point in case things don't go that great. Now Jason Saab and Kula, they were going great with tw- Saab scoring an intercept try at 12 minutes and Kula at 30 minutes. Now especially for the newbies. Just because they're fast and they score tries doesn't mean they're fantasy relevant. So just make sure you check their stats. They weren't ultra impressive. So stay away from both of them at this stage. Turbo, he scored a third try. He was a little bit quiet, actually. He just looked like he was just trying to get through the, go through the motions and get just get some runs through his legs. He played around 50 minutes and probably didn't do enough to get in my squad, even if Cleary's out at this stage. Like I said, still pretty keen on Bullimore. We'll get a duel if he starts round one. So does look fit and he does rack up some points. Not... Not great to watch. He's very, very no frills. So, yeah, he's not going to be a fantasy guy that you tune in for every single week. At the Raiders' side, Xavier Savage spent a lot of time on the wing, caught out a few times as well. I think one of those things, even if he plays the first two games, just be cautious. He's, he's only 19. He's got a long way to go. I think he needs to spend a year in reserve grade really playing against men week to week. I think Chance will be the fullback. I don't think it's a debate, really. And I think Chance should... Probably be in your thoughts more than Savage should be in your thoughts at this stage. Now, Jack Wyden. Took him a little while to get into the game. New combination with Fogarty. They still have a lot of work to do, but the second half that they played, that first 20 minutes in the second half was really, really good. Wyden started to really step up his running game towards the end of the first half, which I really, really like to see. See back, bounce back factor. If you picked him up in draft, I reckon you're going to see a 50 to 55 average from Jackie Wyden. I think he's going to have a huge year this year. 
Now, in terms of the edges, Hudson Young played huge minutes on the left edge, so I expect him to start the season there. And on the right, it was shared between Elliot and also Corey Herrera Naira. Elliot Whitehead moved permanently in a mid position, looked pretty good there. I think with his skill set, I think that will suit him moving forward. Just with all these guys, but there's so much competition, and we know what Ricky's done in the past. So for me, I think you've just got to st- stick clear. Joseph Tuppany, another beast of a game, scored a try for great. Starling short ball. First 13 games, they play the second round in Queensland. And then some of the boys alerted me the fact that they do have a game in Redcliffe before Magic Round as well. So that's back-to-back. So at this stage, he's going to miss three games in that first sort of 13 games where he's valuable. So at this stage, unless he clears up his VAC status, I think it's an avoid for now. Tommy Starling, what are we going to do to move Josh Hodson? Because this guy is an absolute fantasy stud. It's just the fact that he's not going to get enough minutes to probably be relevant at this stage. All right, the final two games of the trial rounds. Unfortunately, New Zealand and Titans got canned. I had a big watch list for this one. I had Adam Fanua Blake, Bo Furmore, Ellie Katoa, Berry. So at the moment, they've only played one trial. So I might have to scrap uh, Furmore because, I don't know, I don't really like picking players sight unseen, but I'm just going to have a really big think about it and how kind of my squad comes together in terms of salad cap. But the big game uh, for us Sharkies fans, we absolutely killed the Doggies, 30-6. to six. It was close early for the first 15 minutes or so, but the Sharks pretty much on in control for the entire game. Nico Hines, get him in your team. I'm not even going to play around with this. Don't know what to tell you. He's just so good. In terms of general play kicking, to be serious, though, he's pretty much doing it all. Tricky did some short kicking, but realistically, all the long kicking went to Nico, and I think it's only going to get even worse when when Matt Moylan comes back into the team. Had a great try assist for Brendan Okora as well. That right edge is really building up. Nico calls the ball a lot. Before the game, Fitzy actually said, you know, Matt Moylan's a very important part of the spine, but he also gave Tricky quite a, quite a rap. He said that... Because of his ability to play both hooker and 13, he would be right in the mix for the utility role as well. So I think at some stage, given the injury history of Matt Morlin, you're going to have to expect Tricky Trindle to play. And I think him and Heinze and Will Kennedy really combine really well. And also, I thought Blake Braley actually had a pretty good game. He was actually running for for once, which you don't see a lot of from Blake Braley. His ruck work was good as usual. Set up a try for Royce Hunt. He's not going to be fantasy relevant at this point, but you know, stick him in the mind if he does get on a little bit of a roll. Back to Nico, I reckon he's going to average somewhere between 55 and 60. I can really see that. He just leads the way. He's just everywhere. So I just really like him. Britton Nakora is an absolute beast. If you can fit 550K into your salary cap, get him. Because I think he's going to be... I don't even think you can call him the, the most improved. He's already played from New Zealand before. And yeah, I just think bounce back factor, you know... He's, you think his coach was one of the best edges who played during his era. I think he's had a huge impact on Brendan Nakora. Huge offseason, Fritzy told me as well. Braden Hamlin Uwelli, he was absolutely intense. His first 28 minutes, non-stop, he scored about 35 fantasy points. But realistically, we do need to see a little bit more consistency before we pick him. Perfect one for the three-date rule. So at least give him a few games before you go jumping in. Dalfinuken, not fantasy relevant, but you can just tell the difference he's making to the Sharks' middle. We're just so tight up the gut, so it's going to be interesting to see him and Cameron Guinness together, two defensive juggernauts, but give him a pass in terms of fantasy. Unfortunately, Wade Graham, he did hobble off for 14 minutes, went on a moon brute. Fox Sports was saying it's an ankle injury, so he's got a couple, what, a week and a half to make it right for 
Friday week against the Raiders. But again, with so much uncertainty around his concussions, I wouldn't even put him on the watch list at this stage, guys. So I would scrap him. Andrew Fafita was absolutely scintillating. He played 27 minutes straight from the kickoff. He was in everything. First 20, 20 minutes, he made six runs. And look, he's not 2016 grand final for feeder, but if you need an emergency and you know he's going to be on the bench, I can't, I can't take, yeah, I'm not going to tell you not to take him. I think the biggest issue right now is Royce Hunt. He had an absolute blinder, so I think you'll see a bench spot contested out of the two of them. And one for your blackboard, Tom Hazelton killed it for the second week running. He was only, there was only a couple of standouts from last week in our, Really big loss to Penrith, but he stood out last week scoring a try. And then this week he came on, played pretty much all of the second half, but he killed it. So really looking forward to seeing more of Tom. Ronaldo Mulatalo, he switched over to the left centre for the second half. Some really slick hands from Tricky and, and also Will Kennedy. Give him some space, really poor Miss Bri Braden Burns. So I'm not telling you to pick him in, in, in Classic, but if he's in a free agency there, in draft, I think you should definitely have a little look for Ronnie. All right, Bulldogs. All right, we're all been high on Tevita Pango Jr. all off-season. Now, he was a lunatic tonight. He got put in report. He got put in the sin bin for starting a fight, throwing punches at Royce Hunt. His contact was terrible. His work rate was bad. He looks a little bit overweight, actually, for someone that wants to play on an edge for 80 minutes, so... He scrapped. He literally, I've scrapped him off the, the list for now. I just think there's just way too much risk in this guy getting suspended and you burning a trade. And I just don't know what he's going to produce week to week. And I just can't cop that at the moment. Matty Burden, he's a really, he's in my thoughts if Cleary's out for round one. Again, similar to Hines, he, even though he's got the six, he's really the seven. He does all the long kicking. And pretty much anything that revolves around Canterbury revolves around Matt Burden. So he he had a great try at the back of shape. TPJ did run a great decoy, pretty much the only good thing he did in the whole game. He found Blake Braley in the wrong defensive spot, burning for pace, and he nearly set up a good try for, for Naden as well. But yeah, Matty Burden is right in contention there. I just think there might be just a time and a place to get him, especially after that hard run to the season. Lukey Thompson, he impressed me early. He had plenty of work up the guts. They're probably a little bit too expensive for me at the moment, but if you want him, I'm not going to discourage you. He won't let you down. Maxi King, another standout effort. 35 from the bench from about the same amount of minutes. Great PPM, great energy. He just gets through his work. Really like him. So lock him into your emergency. Chris Patolo also did a pretty good job. Didn't score as many points. He scored 26 on the night and probably only played about 30 minutes. So he did pretty good as well. Kill off any Jack Hetherington narratives now, please. Zero work, work rate and just doesn't have any aggression. I'm not sure what's happened to his aggression. I'd rather him just take people's heads off than not do anything at all. Ado Car, poor fella. Betty wishes he stayed in Melbourne. Not much to say more of that. Brent Naden, he pretty much did nothing. Did make one good run, but then he got his try disallowed. But he's 5% owner. You think about his track record, I'm just not sure what's happening at the moment. I want to say delete app, but yeah, just delete app if you've got Naden. Okay, last one, Brendan Wakeham, just for a little bit of what's happening off the bench. He came on a dummy half, which I don't really like too much. Don't really rate him too too highly. I do like Bailey Beyondi Odo, but doesn't seem he got any run there today. He didn't. I didn't notice him at all. But from last week and just his his work at the end of the year, he would be my pick as a as a utility. But maybe Trent Barrett sees it some different. And yeah, 
Who knows with Trent Barrett? So the final score was Sharkies 30-6 to six after leading at halftime, <clears throat> 24-6. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed our crossover with the Supercoach Champions. The second episode where we teach all things in our old fantasy, that will be on Wednesday. Also catching up with Wacko Whispers to end the week, and I might try to organize some player interviews as well. But we hope you are enjoying all the preseason coverage. We're almost there. We've got, a, what, a week a week away now, so we'll have plenty of content. We've got about four shows on during normal season, so we'll have the Sunday wrap. We'll have the normal Tuesday night after pre, pre after TLT release, plus all your questions. The Kiwis doing their, their thing on the Wednesday with buy, hold, sell, avoid, and then I'll do some live Q&A before the lockouts every Thursday as well, so stay tuned for that one. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in for this one. If you can, please leave us reviews on Spotify and Apple. really helps us continue to grow the show. Always grateful for that. We'll chat again. I'm sure we'll chat plenty with you on the socials as well. But everyone, stay safe out there, and we'll check you soon.